Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hello and welcome to Cup of TV. I'm James Cooper and this is the podcast that chats to the people behind the TV shows we all love over a good old cup of tea. In this episode, I'm so excited to be talking to a television legend, Mr. Richard Holloway. Last year, Richard celebrated 50 years in television. You name it, Richard's probably had a hand in it. He's responsible for huge entertainment hits over the years like Spitting Image, The Muppet Show, Family Fortunes, The Price is Right, Pop Idol, The X Factor, and the show we're talking about today, Britain's Got Talent. He's also worked with some of the world's biggest stars, Barbara Streisand, Peter Sellers, Julie Andrews, Liberace, Gene Kelly. I could go on, but I won't because I'm going to run out of breath. I sat down with Richard ahead of the Britain's Got Talent live shows and we chatted about throwing eggs at Simon Cowell, the TV show he hates the most, and somehow we even talked about nudists. Enjoy. Richard Holloway, hello. James, how are you? I'm very good. Should, should it be Sir Richard Holloway? Are you a sir yet? I, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> but I think Richard will suffice. Okay, fine. As well, long as you don't call me Dick. <laughs> first things first, Richard, as is tradition with Cup of TV, I have a tea for you in a Union Jack mug because of Britain's Got Talent. How there fabulous. Go. It's how a, fabulous. It's a black or grey. I believe that's your that favourite. Is, that is my favourite. And it's hot. It's hot. No, I could, I could drink this. In fact, in fact, I'm going to drink it. I was a little bit worried it'd be cold, but it did come with a lid, so I think that's kind of... That is, is that a good tea? Yeah, it's good tea. It's very sophisticated yeah, as well. very much so. How um, did you know that I took black Earl Grey tea? Well, we have our sources. I say your research is very good. <laughs> right, so we're talking about Britain's Got Talent today, and we've kind of dragged you away from quite a busy schedule. It's the final week coming up of Britain's Got Talent, the lives... Probably the the busiest time. How busy are you at times like this? What's your role um, when it's coming up to the live shows? Well, my role uh, at this stage, I mean, we're literally in the studio now. So the crew and the production team and a lot of the contestants are in the studio now. My role now is pretty well hands off um, due to the fact that there are an awful lot of people that are working on the show on a day by day basis. And my role is more as a sort of a senior exec producer. They're overseeing the whole production. And I will just be keeping an eye on everything that's going on, looking at the running order, looking at the contestants, giving advice, interfering. <laughs> I'm a good interferer. Um, and being there for the whole run. Is this your favourite time of the show? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I think the audition tour itself is probably the most fun time. Um, but the most intense time is the live show semi-finals leading up to the final because it's the most exciting and the public take part. They vote for who they want to go through. Mm-hmm. A good, you know, the, 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 well, the live studio audience 
both on the tour and for the semi-finals, they're all really up for it. But there's kind of an intensity when you're in the studio. I was going to say, the, the buzz when you're, you're there and the, the, it's all happening and it's live, there must be kind of nothing like it. Yeah, interestingly enough, when we're in the studios and we shoot the, the show at Fountain, at Wembley, mm-hmm. and the capacity is somewhere in the region of about 700 people. So it's small. It's about half the size of the tour audience when we're in a theatre. Uh, but because it's so much more intimate mm-hmm. and because it is live, you know, the excitement level is fantastic. I love live television. Live, live television is what we do best and we thoroughly enjoy it. It's great fun. And you secretly like it, you know, when things go a bit wrong or something like that, there must be a real thrill to that. I think you like it when it goes slightly wrong and it's entertaining. (laughs) I don't think you like it when it goes wrong and it's not. For instance, years ago, do you remember when it it went wrong and we had little Holly Steele on the stage? Yes. And uh, she she stopped, you know, and that that was going wrong and we had to make a lot of very quick decisions very, very quickly. And that's hairy. So that's the sort of thing you don't want to happen too too often. But if you've got a violinist on the stage that throws an egg at Simon and it's live television, that can be quite fun. That was amazing. What was the? Re- Were you in the gallery at that time? Oh yeah. What, yeah. what was going on? What was going through your mind? Like what just happened? Yeah, exactly that. Because it all happened so fast, and we just treated it as part of the show and just moved on. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about auditions and the auditions tour because um, it must be huge. I've heard there's something like 35 cameras running at once when you're on that audition tour, kind of getting every reaction, getting the show from every angle. Yes, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. And with cameras these days, I mean, you can you can short, shoot broadcast quality pictures on what is ostensibly a 35mm camera with a chip in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that's that's something fairly new. I mean, I used to, I sort of bought up on, I used to do new faces years ago. Yes. Um, and my old boss is a lovely guy called Andy Allen, who was the director of programs at, at Central Television. I saw him in a restaurant not long after BGT had started. And he said to me, he said, you missed a real trick there on New Faces, Richard, didn't you? He said, you could have been doing, you should have shot the audition tour. It'd been amazing with the judges. You could have the judges on the audition tour, then go into the studio. And I said, Andy, do you realize that when I used to do New Faces, we had in the entire studio center one, what we called then ENG camera. One. And we had to book it out with <laughs> with the news people, drama people. We had one camera. To share? To share. Blimey. If you're going on location, you wanted a camera, you had to book that camera to go out on location. I mean, we're talking uh, late 70s, early 80s here. Um, so technology has moved on so much. Now, 35 cameras is, is easy. You know, you can, it's, it's just manpower and resource. So that's why you get such a fantastic selection of especially interactions and and um, what's the word I'm searching for? Uh, reactions and the word I'm searching for is reactions, <laughs> especially from the audience. I mean, those those looks are not, you know, they don't come easily. The only reason we get them all is because we've got a lot of cameras shooting the audience. I mean, one of our favourite reactions I think was Susan Boyle as a on Susan Boyle's audition, which. We as a production team knew how good Susan was. So Susan walked onto the stage and all the judges are all looking at Susan thinking, oh, God, what have we got here? Especially including Simon. Those reactions of the judges like, oh, God, here we go. And then, of course, she sings amazingly. And, of course, there's one reaction of a girl in the audience that just was like, oh, my God. Yeah. 
couldn't believe it. And that was by sheer, not just by sheer chance, but it was the fact that we'd covered the audience so well. We as a production team knew that Susan was really good. Mm. But the judges, we never, ever tell the judges how good or bad or give them our view. The only thing they know when they walk on is what their name is. And they have to then find that out. That's what makes it so entertaining, so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Susan Ball moment, I don't want to dwell too long in it because obviously it's been talked about a lot. But Well, you can always cut it out. <laughs> that is true. Um, but how defining was that? I mean, as a moment for Britain's Got Talent, was that kind of... The, does that kind of push it into the to the next level? It was a defining moment because of what happened online with it. Mm. I mean, I don't know how many views it's now had, but you're talking multiple, multiple millions. Oh, of I think views. it's a kajillion. Well, yeah, it's it's a huge, huge, phenomenal worldwide success. That clip, so it really put the show on on the map. It was already on the map, but it really sort of showed what one particular performance can do for the show and do for Susan. Mm. So we're on series 10 of Britain's Got Talent now. How, how do you keep finding new talent for the show? I think, well, I think you've hit one of the most interesting points about the series and going, going on and going forward is that we invest hugely in our casting and research team. And that research team are basically working 11 and a half months of the year. So wow. they will take a couple of weeks, three weeks off after we come off the air. And then they'll be starting the casting search for next year. Wow. So, you know, obviously we, 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 you know, we encourage as many people to come through the door as we can when we do the audition tour. We, it's open to absolutely everybody. We see absolutely everybody that applies. But sometimes we have to go out and discover people as well. So, you know, that people will go to clubs and bars and online and do research on, on uh, live show tours and so on to try and pick up people that are entertaining and want an opportunity to show how good they are or how interesting they are mm-hmm. uh, on national television. The production as well this year has been much more ambitious. There's been choirs in the audience and things like that. How do you keep kind of thinking bigger and better? And... By just doing exactly that, really, on focusing on bigger and better. I mean, I suppose what, you know, if you were saying, you know, what's the brief of trying to find a BGT contestant? Mm-hmm. You'd say, find me the unusual. Find me something I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. So even, even a singer, you know, you can find... A singer's a singer's a singer. And so you have a singer and how they look and how they portray the song and the sort of arrangement they sing and can it be different. You always want to see something that you haven't quite seen before in a singer. You know, and you can find that, especially with some of the kids. The kids are great. Mm. The kids give it heart, warmth, colour. Um, and that's key to the show as well. It's a show with a huge heart. It's got to be entertaining. It's got to have heart. It's got to have warmth. This is not a dark show. This is not an intense show. This is a show to entertain people and have, most importantly, fun. Do you have a, I don't know if you can say this, but do you have a favourite act from over the years on Britain's Got Talent? Is there someone that sticks out in your mind that you are very fond of? Apart from Subo. <sighs> I don't think Subo's, I mean, yes, she was, she was an amazing act. I don't think she'd be one of my favourites. Um, I mean, for instance, Diversity won that year. I love Diversity. I thought they were brilliant because yeah. they were... You know, Subo is an amazing talent, but she's just a lovely Scottish lady who can sing really, really well. Whereas Diversity was something that was extraordinary and original. Yeah. So, you know, you always love that. Um, I love some of the magic acts that are really good, you know, when, I, when you can't figure out how they do it. Mm-hmm. Good comedy acts, if you get a good one. I love little Jack Carroll. I mean, I thought he yeah. was really good. Everyone, basically. You love them all. They're all bit, one big family. <laughs> I certainly don't love them all, that's for sure. <laughs> 
Do you still, after all these years, because uh, last year you celebrated 50 years in television, congratulations. I did, thank you. Um, do you still get chills when you hear something new, something fresh on these shows? Does it still... Oh. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 100%. The great thing about doing BGT and doing The X Factor is, you know, we've done 10 years of BGT, so it must be 12 years of The X Factor, I think. Um, every year is different, and it's every year is different, even though there are common, for instance, Simon's pretty common to it all, um, and some of the judges we change from time to time. But what's always different are the contestants, and the contestants make it really interesting. So every year you've got a when you've got those t- on the X Factor twelve contestants all very very different BGT contestants all unbelievably different. You know you've got every every walk of life, every kind of entertainment, every kind of variety. It's it's all there somewhere, and it's exciting. Yeah, every day is different, which is great. Yeah, you can't get bored with either of them. <laughs> that is true. No, that you is just true. can't. <laughs> Going back to an audition day, just tell us a bit about the logistics, because obviously the, the audience see an hour, an hour and a half on screen, but how long is an audition day? How many people are involved? What all goes on behind the scenes? Well, an audition day is often dictated by Mr. Cow in terms of its length <laughs> right? and when it starts and when it finishes. Okay. I've I heard shall, he's more of an afternoon person. I shall say no more than that. <laughs> he is definitely an afternoon person. So a day starts approximately 8 o'clock in the morning, 8, 8.30. The first contestants will start. Production team start at 8.30 in the morning. Uh, we start shooting with the audience. So there's quite a lot of, you know, especially acts that need some rehearsal. We get some rehearsal time in the morning. Anton Deck will come up, come up around about 1-ish and start shooting 
links with some of the contestants and they'll be talked to in terms of how they're presenting ins and outs of the show. Um, the production team is around about 250, 250 people. On, a on an audition on day? On an audition day. Wow. Yeah, yeah, about 250. Plus then, of course, all the contestants, plus all the audiences. Depending on the size of the theatre, some of our theatre audiences are about 3,000 the biggest audience and about 12, 1,500 is the smallest. Favourite audience, probably Liverpool. Really? Liverpool. Are Why the is that? They're the craziest. <laughs> Without a doubt. They're the craziest. They're the noisiest. They're the most appreciative. Uh, and they let you know whether they like something and they let you know if you don't like something. <laughs> so in terms of having that uh, that fifth judge's opinion, no problem with getting that in uh, in Liverpool. Nice. And and where are you sat during auditions? Are you kind of to the side of the stage? Yeah, on the camera right side. So if you're looking at the stage, you'll notice that nearly everything is shot from the either centre or from the left and the right-hand side. We have a couple of cranes. We have the production desk with people like Amelia, who's one of the execs. Lee's one of the execs. Then we have another desk right behind them, which is me and the ITV2 exec. Uh, and we are sort of hidden down the bottom right-hand side of the stalls. So you never see the bottom right-hand side of the stalls because that's where we are. I was going to say, we're never going to spot you on the screen. If we... Hopefully not. <laughs> BDI viewers. Yeah, you might in the green room, but that's about all. <laughs> just want to quickly talk to you about your relationship with Simon. You obviously have been working together for years now, ever since back, back in the pop idol days. Um, yeah, must be about, well, 15 years, I suppose. 15 years, blimey. So, yeah, what's that relationship like? What's it like working with Simon? Oh, great, great. I mean, we've got, we've got a really, really good and strong relationship. I mean, it's challenging. Uh, it's frustrating. Um, it's creative. It's uh, time-consuming. It's... Uh, interesting he's a he's a very charismatic man you know i mean we've we've had a, a super relationship we get on really well together we have our differences of opinion we've fallen out from time to time but not in any way that's uh, been to the detriment of the relationship i think we have a good understanding i know sort of what makes him tick i mean he loves he loves both shows with a passion he loves in no particular order he loves success he loves surprises he loves ratings. He loves money. <laughs> he loves fast cars. He loves a good lifestyle. Um, and, he, and he loves being a star. <laughs> Are you kind of quite a lot in quite a lot of contact with him? Oh, yeah, a lot. Does yeah. he call you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we speak a lot to each other, <laughs> whether, he's, whether he's in L.A., in London, or wherever he may be. If he's had an idea, he'll be like, Richard, I need to talk to you. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of people that he'll do that to. You know, he's got a big team of his own at Psycho as well. And, you know, the relationship between the Psycho execs and ours is an important one. Yeah, I mean, what's important is, what's important is that it works for all of us, the relationship working. I always think that, you know, the, the best deals, the best uh, relationships are ones where everybody wins, that's really important. If you've got a sort of a one-sided deal or one-sided relationship and one guy's winning and the other guys are losing, that's no good. It has no longevity. Whereas our relationship, I built, think, is built on the fact that we all, we all gain, we all win. What's your favourite part of making a TV show? Is it the casting? Is it the getting into the edit and crafting a show? We've talked about live, maybe it's live. But, yeah, I just wonder what, where's your favourite part of, a, of making a TV show? I can say hand on heart that there is no favourite part. It's all... I mean, every bit of it is all key. Um, 
you know, the cha- if you have a particular challenging part, maybe it's a piece of casting, maybe it's a judging piece of casting, and you've worked really hard on securing someone and it's been difficult with the artist and difficult with the agent, and you get it over the line and you get it for the budget that you've got, you know, you feel a bit, yes, you know, you have a really good feeling there. I think coming out of a studio on a live show and you know the show was fantastic, That's there's no better feeling than that. That's a great feeling. And there's no better feeling than on a Sunday morning you open up, you know, your email and you see the rating success and you see something like 11.5 million people watch your programme last night. That makes it all worthwhile. Any favourite memories across the years from Britain's Got Talent? Any funny stories from behind the scenes? Anything you can... Uh... I think having the most fun, especially these last three years with David doing the show, has been what you don't see on the screen. So you see quite a lot of the green romantics, which especially on the ITV2 show uh, with Stephen, there's a lot there that's generated by Stephen and the judges and the interaction. But the off-screen stuff that you don't see backstage is, I mean, is, is, is hysterical. David particularly, he's a real catalyst for having fun. Yeah. Yeah. Any examples you can give us? No. <laughs> it's not for a broadcast. Definitely not. <laughs> and I just wanted to quickly talk to you, is this kind of be unrelated to the BGT, but you've worked with some big names over the years. Mm. Um, Liberace, Gene Kelly, Julie Andrews. Gene Kelly and How did you know all that? I do my research, Richard. It's I know what tea good. you like. I know who you've worked with. I, I know I'm where impressed. you live. I'm impressed. <laughs> Don't tell them where I live, please. <laughs> Um, I mean, Gene Kelly in particular, I just, I wondered if you could just regale us with a quick story about Gene Kelly. I don't like to, I, I, can't, I find it very difficult talking about Gene Kelly. As you've probably heard, he is my hero. And I've got quite a lot of history with him. If I start telling stories about Gene Kelly, I cry. And I can't stop myself. Yeah, because I'm so emotional about it. So I met him when I was very young. Um, I met him when I was in my 20s. Uh, when I was doing a show with Steve Lawrence and Edie Gourmet on the music of Gershwin and Gene Kelly was our special guest. And he was amazing. You know, he was just, I mean, if you love all those films of American in Paris and Singing in the Rain and On the Town and all of that stuff, you know, if you like all that musical, Hollywood musicals, and he's, there's nobody better, nobody bigger. So... He um, he was amazing to work with. So, And in those days, nobody spoke to everybody in James and Richard and Gene, and you just didn't. You know, when you were a 21, 22-year-old AFM, you know, it was Mr. Kelly this and Mr. Kelly that and Mr. Kelly the other. And we did a big shoot in Paris, which we had many stories that I can relay. Gene was great there with his daughter. And we finished this shoot and we finished the show. It was a great show. And he went back to Los Angeles. And we then had a about two months later, the producer of the show, a lovely guy called Gary Smith. We had a hole in a show with Sandy Duncan and we needed a guest. And Gary said, I'm really racking my brain for a guest. And I said, look, why don't we ask Gene back? You know, he was amazing. Let's ask him back. So he said, yeah, it's a good idea. We'll do that. We'll do a dance routine with Sandy and Gene Kelly, blah, 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 blah. So we fixed this up. Gary's obviously the producer. He spoke to Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly came back over, said it was a good experience before. I'll come back and do it again. And when he pulled into the car park in the limo, I went down the stairs to meet him and welcomed him back to the... We were at the Elstree Studios then. And I said, well, you know, welcome back to Elstree. And, uh, and I said, welcome back to Elstree, Mr. Kelly. And he said, Richard, drop the Mr. Kelly. Just call me Gene. It's like, oh, oh my God. That's amazing. It's amazing. And... Um, 
it, it kind of makes me well up. Just think, I mean, there are yeah. loads and loads of other stories about it. And I went and stayed with him in Los Angeles, and we talked about how they made Singing in the Rain. And wow. it was just amazing. Yeah, we, we had quite a, a short but quite close friendship. Amazing. Sorry, I just had to talk about that because yeah. it's fascinating. Because um, you wanted to see my eyes well. Up, I wanted you? to. See, I wanted that yeah. emotion. <laughs> I had my producer head on. I was like, I want to see the, the tears. Final questions. First of all, Britain's Got Talent obviously is nearly over. When do you start thinking about next year? Already, I imagine. Um, we come off the air at the end of May, and on the third week of June, the team will start again. And finally, something we uh, there's a few questions we ask in every interview. Mm-hmm. First of all, if not this job, is there another job you'd like to be doing? Italian historian. Really? Big Italian fan. Love, love Italy. Do you go there much? I used to have a house there. Oh, very nice. Um, I do miss it. I miss that, having that Italian home. I love the people. I love the food. I love the geography. I love the attitude. It's, it's my favourite, my favourite country. Do you speak Italian? Not well enough. Oh, okay. But well enough to be able to get anything that I want. <laughs> uh, what's your TV guilty pleasure? TV guilty pleasure. Formula One. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, head eyebrow and eyelid drooping and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Love Formula One motor racing. Um, reruns of Breaking Bad. Yes. My favourite drama. Watching Gogglebox isn't a guilty pleasure, is it? That's that's just a pleasure. Yeah, everyone loves Gogglebox. Yeah. yeah. I sometimes watch it and think, this is insane. I'm watching people watching TV. Um, Must be nice when they're watching Britain's Got Talent. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the last box set you binged on? Uh, Mad Men. What show do you hate? It says hate here. Seems a strong word, but what show do you dislike? I dislike watching medical operation shows. Yes. I don't like seeing the scalpel going in. I don't like seeing blood oozing out of wounds. I don't like seeing the swabs. I don't like seeing the stitching. I don't like. I don't like all that. Embarrassing bodies, things like that as well. Could you watch things like that? I hated him. I do now. I do hate embarrassing bodies. <laughs> I don't like that at all. How do they find people to do it? Because there are so many people that are show-offs. <laughs> and they just don't care. They just want to go on, get themselves on the telly. It's a funny thing to show off about, isn't it? Though? It's really odd. You rotten bits of I did. I did, um, years ago, ITV ran um, three, three series of what they called the ITV Telethon. 1988, 90 and 92. Mm-hmm. Every other year. And it was a fundraising event. 
And people just did crazy things to raise money. And on the second series, after it was established, and I was working in the Midlands at the time at Central, and we had a, a nudist colony in Staffordshire that said, we want to raise, we can raise some money doing It's a Knockout for nudists. Right. So I thought this could be a bit of a scam, but it wasn't. And they were serious about it. So all these nudists came to the studios in Birmingham and said what they wanted to do. And we said, yeah, actually, this could be quite fun. And there were about 35 contestants, all wow. nudists. And they all did that things like scrambling under ropes and swinging across ravines and sack races. And it was just, it was insane. <laughs> they were the biggest exhibitionists I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Every time they saw a camera, they just wanted to shake their willies at it. It was oh, just wow. extraordinary. I didn't think the word willies had come out in this conversation. Yeah, well, there we go. just when you thought it was safe. <laughs> we got so close to the end. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, and final question, what show do you wish you'd come up with? Uh, who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Mm-hmm. Mm, Top Gear? And Gogglebox. Yeah. Richard, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. We'll let you get back to controlling Britain's Got Talent now. Pleasure, James. Thank you so much. <laughs>